Doug and Marty vs. the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and EasyTVSpots.com. Round one, go. Oh, shades of Charlton Heston, brother. I think uh, I think uh, cold dead hands. Uh, it's going to happen finally. This is Doug Bassler and Marty McClendon, uh, Doug and Marty versus the world, and I am intrigued, like every one of our listeners. What are you talking about, Doug? Um, <clears throat> well, so we have crazy people uh, doing yes. crazy shooting things, and now all we have to do is disarm all the regular people, and uh, everything will be well, brother. Isn't it amazing that things happen um, in a timely fashion to advance a certain agenda when all along the agenda has been about disarming American citizens, taking away our rights uh, in the name of safety or in the name of emergency or in the name of whatever. Um, we don't need those anymore. The founding forefathers didn't know what they're talking about. That's a living, breathing document. And so now the timing of these things um, makes one go, hmm. Remember back in the 90s, things they make you go, hmm? Hmm. <clears throat> you think, Doug? Uh, yeah, it's obvious. You know, we have, um, we've seen the result of what happens when you disarm the public. Mm-hmm. Then the only one with, the only ones with guns, number one, only bad guys have guns. And the government has guns. And so what we saw during the lockdowns in New Zealand, in Australia, where they had disarmed their population uh, just a few years ago, mm-hmm. was total totalitarian control. And, uh, you know, it's tough to fight tanks with rocks. I mean, they mm-hmm. do it in China, <laughs> but uh, right. it doesn't turn out real well a lot of times. And, you know, just as, as Christian people, um, you know, this is one of our God-given rights to self-defense. And also to maintain the consent of the governed. Mm-hmm. And they use this stuff. You know, I, you know, I do street church pretty much every week. I deal with three types of homeless people, Marty. We deal with people who are addicted to substances. We mm-hmm. deal with people that are down on their luck and really want to get off the street. And we deal with people that are mentally having issues. Mm-hmm. And so now we have this big push to basically make homelessness a protected class. So rather than try to rescue people out of the trouble that they're in from mental illness, from substance abuse, or from being down on their luck, we give them REI tents. We mm-hmm. give them cell phones. We give them checks. We give them fentanyl. You know, fentanyl kills a lot more people in America by a, a magnitude of, you know, thousands of percentage points mm-hmm. than guns. Mm-hmm. And yet we give everybody free fentanyl, but we want to take away everybody's guns. How does that work, brother? It, it, yeah. Uh, think about that, making us more dangerous, uh, more less safe and more dangerous out there. So quite a couple of things you mentioned there, right? You mentioned that uh, those on the street um, are typically of three categories. Those down on their luck, which was the one that we oftentimes hear about, uh, whether it be job, economy, economy, or whatever. You think about all the policies in place right now that is making it harder for someone to make ends meet, right? You have high inflation, you have restrictions, the supply chain restricts, all these are policy decisions making it harder. 
thus creating or the possibility of more people being out of uh, down their luck and on the street. Number two, the uh, mental health. For decades now, about two decades, um, the political left has driven the policy decisions that is un basically it's unfair and it's unhumane to have people with mental health issues in hospitals. So it's when Washington, they made a concerted effort to shut down all the state hospitals that have to deal with mental health and said it was better for the patient person to be taken care of by loved ones and family that had not didn't have the resource or the ability to do so, thus turning out their only option is to go on the street. And number three, you mentioned the, the drug uh, addiction stuff, trying to make that it's not only a protected class, but rewards behavior. You want to give them housing, you want to protect them, but allow them to keep on doing their drugs. They started pushing this whole safe injection site thing. We know that in Vancouver, BC, there's a 90% increase or 900% increase in people actually abusing drugs and, and overdoses and deaths based on the free supplied use of heroin to these drug abusers. So the point is, is there's no punishment, no deterrence um, for the drug addiction. In fact, we're rewarding that by enabling that behavior. We're making the conditions worse for those that have economic, no economic means. Um, and we're not given a place for those that are mentally, mentally health. So this is all problems created by policy decisions. They've sold to us about being compassionate, about caring for, and, and if, if putting the mentally ill in the street, if, if not getting people that are addicted to drugs or not giving uh, making it harder for people to get off their on back onto their feet is compassionate. I don't know what, what isn't right. What's mean. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the policies that are supposed to be helping the people are actually harming the very people that it's intended to help. So for example, uh let's let's only depend on the police to uh to help us in a situation like Uvalde or whatever okay so did you know that police response in poor neighborhoods is generally twice as long as it is in rich neighborhoods and so the people the poor folks are the people that probably would need personal protection, Second Amendment protection mm-hmm. more, and yet they want to disarm them. And, um, you know, we had this lady, uh, I forget where that was, but uh, a couple, uh, was it last week where she stopped the shooter, right? The shooter came in yes. and she yeah. took, she was legally carrying a firearm and stopped the threat. And so this is what, this is, you know, the, the, the the solution isn't fewer guns. The solution is that we have more people properly trained to carry and more guns, honestly. Yes. And uh, so we, I want to talk a little bit about this. You, a big history for our listeners. Think about this, too. We've seen it in our own country, two different things. We've seen the political left through the Obama years, probably before that as well, and, and currently during the Biden administration, where they've weaponized, if you will, these these agencies, these federal agencies, and of course at the state level, these uh, state agencies, where they've given them the power to prosecute, the power to uh, to take, right? So the IRS was weaponized in, in during the Obama years, where they went after conservative groups. 
And then in the state, you have the DSHS, L&I, used to punish businesses that don't follow or comply. That's one level of weaponizing the government. That we've also seen this the Second Amendment, right, which we're specifically talking about now, in Katrina. In Katrina, they started out with a registration list. It's only for precautionary use. We want to know who owns guns and where. During the hurricane, the local government came in and confiscated law-abiding citizens who registered their guns and took their guns away from them. And what happened? What you had was unrest, civil unrest, and looting and crime. So the criminals had guns. The government had guns and couldn't respond to protect the citizens. So the citizens were left in danger. We've seen this in world history in Nazi Germany. We've seen it in recent history, as Doug said, in Australia. When If they're weaponizing and giving power to people that we don't elect, which means we have no power over them, and then they take away our only way to defend against a tyrannical government, and then we're set and at, we are put in a place where we're less safe, we're subject to criminal activity and government tyranny at the same time. This is why this is so very important. Doug, what do you think? Yeah, and we're seeing it happen, play out in real time, just north of the border mm-hmm. with uh, Justin Trudeau uh, introducing legislation to make it illegal for Canadians to transfer, import, export uh, firearms, any handgun. So uh, this isn't just about our air uh, 15s. This isn't just about, you know, uh, a lot of times that people talk about the AR-15 is an ugly gun, a scary gun. Isn't that kind of the point of a gun, brother? If you're scared of the gun, maybe you won't rape my daughter. Maybe you won't break into my house and try to take my stuff. The scarier the gun, the better. The scarier the gun. So, and now, uh, and then they describe, oh, a bullet, a high velocity nine millimeter uh, bullet, which uh, is a joke because mm-hmm. a nine millimeter boat, it's bullets like a couple of steps above a BB gun, but it's going to go in and you're going to bleed out and you're going to have all these things. Yes. If you get hit with a bullet, there will be damage to yes. you. Yes. So don't get hit by a bullet by doing lawless things and threatening our families, our communities, our grade schools, for crying out loud. And brother, I'm not, you know me, I'm not a conspiracy guy, brother, but why did the Vivaldi police stay outside so long? Mm -hmm. And how did this mentally ill person get this top of the line, like mega thousand dollar uh, gun working at Wendy's or whatever, right? I mean, there's just some weird questions going on here. Uh, I kind of have to agree with people that are saying, what's up? Is it, I mean, the whole Sandy Hook thing, right? There was this big mm-hmm. deal about, oh, it was a mm-hmm. false flag and all this kind of stuff. And I know that, uh, what's his name? The uh, one inter- uh, internet guy got in a lot of trouble, you know, and I'm not that guy because I, who would want to kill babies, right? right. I mean, these are babies. Right. But um, there are questions, bro. There are questions. Well, the, see, I'm I'm like you and a lot of realtors. We know that we sometimes we can go out on tangents based on what we hear. We want to investigate, get deeper into it. And we're, we're kind of connected locally with local and, and federally as much as possible. We can be on radio, being involved in politics, being involved in business. And yet there's still things we just don't know. But you have to be a thinking person and ask questions. 
the normal person out there without putting a tinfoil hat on has to go, there's a lot of coincidences that don't make a lot of sense. Sandy Hook's one of them. Okay. Well, there was a, a NRA convention uh, a couple of days later in the same place. Same thing happened in Uvalde. There's an NRA convention in Houston that same weekend. Uh, Beto O'Rourke used this as a um, political stunt to upstand uh, the current governor. Um, you have to look at the, look at the the history of facts. I mean, follow me here. Um, the Biden administration, under the cover of darkness, has been flying in, taking uh, illegal aliens and flying and depositing them into Texas and Florida, conservative states. Right? Why is that? They're dropping in. You don't know if they're criminals or whatever, but this is to influence, change the culture, change the voting population, if you will. But also, if there's a problem that happens in a conservative state, it fits a narrative for them to say, hey, look, look at all the COVID cases. Look at all the, the crime in these states that may actually be imported or manufactured. Then you have a, a, a situation like this that raises all kinds of red flags. We want to pray for the families. We are, are just saddened and heart, disheartened that, that another case like this where people were killed. Now, when you have verified reports that teacher or somebody open, propped open a door for 16 or 17 minutes, that's, that's weird. When you, when you have reports that the Uvalde police um, stayed outside and were afraid of getting shot for multiple minutes while the shooting's going on. You have this this heroic story of this this border patrol agent who has wife worked there and the daughter was there, um, gets a text from his wife and saying, "Hey, active shooter, please help." Borrows a shotgun from the barber where he's getting a haircut, rushes there and shoots the the killer. Okay, the the shooter. What was the the deal with all the cops there? It's okay. And you had a border patrol station literally within a few minutes from there as well, also that responded later on. It seems like to me, if you start looking at all the facts that doesn't add up, why would this be open? Why a week before was there a active shooter drill in that same school, right? And the coincidences line up way too much to go, there's something that we're not being told about this. Without going to an nth degree, it fits too well into a narrative to immediately now at the national level push for gun legislation to ban these guns, to ban whatever it may be, to give strength to what looks a distraction, if you will, to how bad the economy is going, to how bad this administration is going, to actually have something to run on this 2022 elections. That sounds jaded. Uh, and yet, if you look at all the facts, a thinking person has to go, there's something there. There's something we're not being told. And at the very least, the left is using this for their political advantage. They're politicizing a very tragic situation. What do you think? You know, uh, Marty, the, the thing is, 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 it's so abhorrent that there might be any complicity at all at a governmental level in, in a mass murder of, of elementary school children that we our mind can't even go there. We it's like it's automatically dismissed, right? We automatically mm -hmm. dismiss it. And so and that's really really what I want to do because I just I gotta believe that 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 can't be the case. And then I look at what's going on in the education system with comprehensive 
sex education right with uh literally doing top surgeries and and blockers uh, puberty blockers and things like that and i see that there is an actual war on our kids and so what is you know and now the abortion lobby wants to expand abortion to like the day of birth plus like a month afterwards up to two years after some of these people are saying and so there is a war on our children and so um we need to be in charge of our police force we mm-hmm. need to be in charge of our election system. We need to be in charge of our government, brother. Mm-hmm. And when when the government is doing this and then purposely saying, we want to disarm you, there's a problem. And it's time for people of faith and people of uh, uh, good character to stand up and to make sure that we reign control of our government back. That uh, Ronald Reagan said, uh, years ago, that the government shows signs of going beyond the consent of the governed. And it's way beyond the consent of the governed. And through uh, through this propaganda, indoctrination, uh, I mean, you know, this disinformation governance board, brother, that thing didn't go away. They nope. put it on pause. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a, I was, I don't know if you saw the Seattle Times uh, from Thursday, but I was on the front page of the Seattle Times because of my lawsuit, of my involvement in the lawsuit on election integrity. Why? And, and brother, they spelt my name right. So that's all I care about. That's, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but why are they attacking me? Why are they attacking us? What are they hiding? What is up with these people? The more they deny, the more they obfuscate, the more they declare that we are disinforming people, the more um literally unhinged they become the more we need to be focused the more we need to stay on this and the more we need to demand answers and to fight for it and uh i'll tell you what you're messing with americans now and americans are not canadians we're not australians we're a different breed we've been free for a couple of hundred years and we're not going to take to slavery lightly brother uh, no, and hopefully not. There's, it's amazing how much we have given up already, though, in the name of safety or convenience or not or tolerance. And so, but you're right. And I would say this. I was just talking to my daughter. This, there, this does have a tie-in, brother. I'll just say this. Um, she was talking about IDing people when she works in a checkout stand, right? And, and how she feels bad about having to ask for someone's ID to buy liquor or alcohol. I said, the only people that will protest being ID'd are people that need to be ID'd uh, right here. And the only time they'll be the same thing with the media. The only reason they get upset at you and attack you for asking the questions or pointing out things is, is they have something to hide, right? It's the idea. If, if they weren't, if there was nothing to hide, our elections would be clear and transparent. If there's nothing to hide, we would get the uh, Freedom of Information Act uh, quickly and easily, right? But they obfuscate, they delay, because there is they are hiding something. So I'm just telling you. And, but I, this brought up an idea. I saw multiple, a series of articles. I won't say who the candidate is. Um, but I was watching a, a race that I was going to run for. Someone else is another good guy. Like seven different attack articles against this guy. And the very first thing I thought of was they're threatened. 
they're afraid of this guy winning. So therefore they're going to do everything they can to turn it. Absolutely. They're of course they're afraid. That's, you know, they, they, uh, that's how they operate and uh, bring up all kinds of whatever dirt they make up Mm -hmm. stuff, brother, they lie. And so we've got to stand for the truth. Look, uh, when Jesus was standing before Pilate, Pilate's like, are you a king? He's like, yep, I'm a king. And all that, that are into the truth, uh, are into me. And mm-hmm. Pilate says, what is truth? Well, I'll tell you what truth is. Truth is incontrovertible, according to Winston Churchill. Ignorance may deride it. Malice may malign it. But in the end, there it is. It's just true. And so all this stuff's coming out. All this stuff is happening. And uh, and I think it's good. By the way, I'm, uh, I'm in Wenatchee today. And uh, as you know, uh, but our listeners may not know. So there may be some background noise and things like that. I'm at a big, uh, it's called the uh, Republican Action Conference. I'll be speaking later this afternoon at the Toyota Center as a, as a candidate for Congress. And so it's a very exciting time, but I'll tell you the people that are here, Marty, they sense that there is an inevitability, that there is a win coming, but they're not sitting on the sideline, Marty. They're getting involved. People are writing me checks. I got a check in my pocket. People are uh, volunteering. People are are signing up to be PCOs. They're running for office. Uh, We are seeing a movement Right here in uh, Central Washington, this is like your old stomping grounds, brother. Yep. Right, it's not I went too to far from high and grade school there. Yep. Yeah, and um, and the thing I like about it is it's not raining. I mean, it has been, but uh, not as much as it is back home when I'm in Seattle. But um, I'm telling you, there is an energy, and there is emotion, and this is the time to not stop praying. And this is the time to not stop going for it and doing what we need to do. And it's, you know, so important right now, brother, that we hear from God, that we hear from him and we, we do it and we obey him. You know, that's the problem. Uh, Christians think that, you know, I was talking about what my wife would say to me last year. She kept saying, well, God is in control. Well, God is in control. And, and she meant well. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to comfort herself because she could see all this stuff coming down. Right. And with this, uh, this, you know, this emergency powers has gone over for uh, over 800 days here in Washington State, brother. Yep. And uh, there's no emergency, but yet they don't give up power easily. That has to be taken from them. Any rate, she kept saying God's in control. And I finally said, you know, honey, God was in control when, when Adolf Hitler took over Germany. God was in control when Mao Zedong took over China and when Lenin took over Russia. And we have to do something because at those at that the, the church in Nazi Germany was silent yep. when all this stuff was happening. The church in Russia was silent when uh, the communists came to power. They they didn't like the czar or whatever. And so we've got, you know, we have an opportunity to stop it. And it has been stopped in America before. And it has mm-hmm. been stopped in other Western nations before, but we do not want a revolution. We do not want a French revolution, brother. The guillotine no, is, a, is a, <laughs> a poor master. And, and so this is our, our window. It's our time. And, you know, I just, you know, Ray, Ronald Reagan said, you know, uh, freedom is not, you know, free. It's, it's one generation away from mm-hmm. extinctions. And, and this is our way to fight. It's, mm-hmm. you know, fighting for freedom is not just in a foxhole uh, with an M16 in some foreign field. It's here mm-hmm. at the school board meeting. 
It's here in the in the city council meeting. It's here on doorbelling your precinct. It's here and now. The fight is now. And where is the pulpit? Where are the pastors? Where are they, yes. brother? Yes. Where's the Black Road Regiment? Right. Exactly they- right. So on that, I think it's perfectly segue for that right there because it is. You've got about half the church that has been complicit with getting getting along to go along, going along to get along, right? Uh, allowing culture to affect their faith, and you have watered down, weak, um, and confusing messaging. People are hungry for truth. They're hungry for meaning. They're hungry for purpose. And they're, they're not getting us where the church has a place, a void to fill in every part of our life to get back out there to present the truth, the gospel, as, as you're saying. And I love in scripture, Nehemiah and before, uh, when they were in exile and the temple and the um, their homes were in ruin back in Judea and Israel, right? Uh, first, they went back and restored the temple. That's cool, okay? Restoring worship to God. Same thing in America. Go back and just pray. Let's, let's humble ourselves and pray. Then they restored the wall, right? And every man to himself around his family with the sword and protect, and built that wall. I love that imagery to build, rebuild this country. We've all got to take part in it. Uh, first turn to God, but then we have to go restore the foundations, the blocks that have been strategically eroded over time. You know, the, the breakdown of the family unit, male and female, the uh, marriage between one man and one woman. All these things are important, but it starts by fighting uh, and, and praying, like you said, and getting engaged. So on that, brother, with with a red wave election, with a conservative people getting engaged, with moms and dads showing up again because they've seen what the enemy meant for harm and what God's going to use for their good and, our, and his glory, right? We know Romans eight twenty eight. When the Republicans win, people need to understand what it means. What it means in, with the red wave. You get the majority Republican in, in Congress and the Senate. You get it in the majority in, in the state. What does that mean for families? What does it mean for our kids? What does it mean for our churches? Talk to us about it. Yeah, and it means everything. Uh, this is the, you know, you know, we talk often about the seven mountain mandate, mm-hmm. the seven mountains of society. So in, in society, the seven uh, areas of greatest influence in culture are family, business, government, arts and entertainment, media, education, and the church, the spiritual mountain. Mm-hmm. And what you're referring to here is there is ultimate good there is ultimate evil when we look at uvaldi we go okay that's evil how do we know that's evil what what makes it evil well you're killing children okay killing Mm -hmm. children is evil all right let's extrapolate that how about killing them in the womb is that evil too or is that not evil see there's it's either it's either thou shall not murder or thou shall not or thou shalt murder right Mm -hmm. and so there's a movement right now uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Million Voices, but Million Voices has got a movement going on right now to get the Ten Commandments. Let's just start with get the Ten Commandments back on the school walls to show people that there's a right and a wrong. Hey, mm-hmm. killing is bad. Stealing is bad. Looting is bad. Lying is bad. Mm-hmm. Adultery is bad. Coveting and wanting other people's stuff is bad. Okay, Lying, that's just fine. false witness is bad. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. yeah. Let's just do those five. Never, th- then honor your father and mother that you could have a long life. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Take a day off once in a while, right? Honor the mm-hmm. Sabbath. Let's put but God no first and let's, not, right. and let's not, yep. and let's not bow down to our, the work of our own hands. Let's, let's honor God. There is a God. He cares about us. Let's honor him. And so there's a movement to do that. And we've got to say that there's no, so, you know, that's the problem with the, um, the pulpit is we've lost that moral clarity. Are we talking about adultery and all of its different branches, homosexuality, transgender, all the stuff that's all based on that, that adultery commandment, right? That mm-hmm. sexual perversion commandment. What is, what is, what is the, the legal thing? What is the right thing? What is the best thing? One man, one woman, lifetime, married, having sex, having a bunch of kids, <laughs> and brother like us, and and being happy and staying faithful and using mm-hmm. those roles. You know, we don't we, we haven't been celebrating what it is to be a woman. They don't even want to define it now. They want to say men can get pregnant. No, they can't. Okay. Mm-hmm. They don't celebrate manhood anymore. That that extra testosterone, the mess, the muscle mass and all that. We want to say, well, this man thinks he's a woman, so let's compete. And now we've thrown women's rights back a hundred years. Mm-hmm. And and then they're saying, well, there is no woman, so there's no woman's rights. So see this 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 um non, there's no um there's no wall, there's no fence, there's no border of morality and what ran right and wrong. And yet, what was that one uh, college professor told us? When you get rid of the 10, then you gotta make thousands yep. of laws because this is okay, but that's not okay. This is okay. And so, and the constitution of the United States, was it John Adams that said it's only uh, fit to govern a moral and religious people because it's free, you're free. Says the, yep, the constitution is wholly inadequate for an immoral people. That's what it is, you know, it really is. It was designed as a, as a, a functioning for people that were already um, aligned, already moral. They had the internal fortitude aligned with their God um, to be, you know, to, be, to love their neighbor, to not be trespassed, to not covet, to not, you know, so you don't need those laws. You have the freedom this is how governments restrict it, and this is what government can do. That's the, the gist of it. It's funny. Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 13, as I, re- I read this morning, brother, mm-hmm. and in there he talks about the wheat and the tares. And mm-hmm. he said, uh, you know, the guy goes out and he sells good seed in his field, and then an enemy comes and sows tares or bad bad wheat into right. this field. And then the angels, you know, says at the end of the age, he's going to send the angels, he's going to grab all these different these tears out but what does he call the tears he says they those that cause people to stumble mm-hmm. a stumbling block and those that are lawless so there's a difference between grace where you can say i sinned and i need to be forgiven and i get the grace to be forgiven and lawlessness which is there is no sin i do whatever i want i am a mm-hmm. lot of myself those people are it says there's going to be weeping and mashing of teeth, brother. Exactly right. That's not, that doesn't sound good. I'm not, I'm thinking, you know, I mean, I can take a lot of pain stoically, but he's saying no one's taking that stoically. It's no. going to hurt so much. You're going to yeah. cry and you're going to weep and you're going to shout and you're going to gnash your teeth. And there's going to be issues. Where, brother, is the moral clarity? Right. Where is it? On that, I shared this earlier, but not in this show, is the Proverbs 27. You'll love this, brother says the righteous man who walks in integrity and lives life in accord with his godly beliefs 
How blessed, happy, and spiritually secure are his children after him who have his example to follow. When we want our kids to be um, happy and spiritually secure, they need to know, they need to see uh, what to follow, the example, right? A man and women living their life in integrity and according to their godly values or beliefs, rather. And so they know what to follow. Right now, we're telling kids to make up their mind on which gender they are before they're five years old. We're having them make life-altering decisions that affect them, and they have no business doing it. They have no one to look after. They're, they're, that the author of confusion is the devil. And so what we need to bring, like you said, that moral clarity so that our children know what's right and wrong and know who to look after and who to follow, who to model their lives after. That's where we're called to do is be the models for that. But it's more than that. Yeah. Remember Lot. Mm-hmm. Lot was an example. Mm-hmm. And he was called a righteous man. And they said, the, the men of Sodom said, why are you always judging us? Right? He was judging them by his righteous example. Mm-hmm. But Sodom was not saved, brother. Then you have this unrighteous prophet, Jonah, who sent to Nineveh. And he decides, I don't like Nineveh. I don't like Nineveh people. I don't like the way they smell. I don't like the way they talk. I'm going the other way. I'm going to move to Florida or wherever. (laughs) Okay. And God's like, no, I sent you to Washington. I mean, Nineveh. And so he has to get Jonah into a whale, into a fish. Yep. And finally, Nineveh, uh, finally, uh, Jonah says, all right, I'll go because you don't fight God's will. Okay. But an unrighteous prophet goes to Nineveh and preaches for like three days and the entire city repents. So it cannot just be an example. We have to have an example, but an unrighteous prophet got an entire city to repent by preaching brother, by, mm-hmm. by proclaiming this stuff. Do we always measure up perfectly? No, I still don't treat my family 100% perfectly, brother. I don't do everything exactly right, but I still hold up the standard that Mm -hmm. I've fallen short and I need grace and I need to be forgiven when I do that. I need to ask my daughters to forgive me if I yell at them or do something I shouldn't do, right? Mm -hmm. I I need to ask my wife to forgive me whatever i need to ask you brother if i step on your toe you know whatever that's okay but the standard is still the standard mm-hmm. I, I love how paul and, and it's not the same paul was not perfect paul said he was the greatest sinners of them all you know he talks chief about of the, sinner. the chief of sinners the, the point is that he goes but what he said was follow me as i follow christ look to me as i look to christ the idea here is we are as as fathers as men as leaders as whatever it is is like i'm imperfect but i'm pointing you to the perfect savior you know this is there is a standard as that has been raised up that is that we can all look at and so and then when we do it obviously our kids go okay there's right I have a choice to make, but this is how I'm going to model my life. And when you add the other thing is like, no, 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 that they're wrong. When you have the enemy whispering in their ears, do they really mean that? Look how, look how fallen your parents are. Look how evil, look how they're selfish with you, right? You can see how this goes on. 
and then they turn away. And and the, and God's made us a promise, right? If we train up our children in the way they should go, in their later years, they will not depart from it, right? The idea here is uh, this, the, for the church, for the the body. Or this America, we want to save it. As you started off earlier, we've got to do something. I, I just love that, Marty. What you just said—it—it's so right. Look, nobody does anything on this planet perfectly. We perfection is still the goal, and but we want to and we want to do it excellently. But there's so many parents out there. You know, your kids have literally been stolen from you by the school systems and the colleges and these different things. But you raised them. You raised them right. You instilled it. I'm telling you, they come back. They come back. I had one of those black sheep kids. Now she's got two little boys of her own and a little girl of her own. And she talks like a Republican, brother. (laughs) She talks like a conservative. Why? Because all of a sudden, when you start to put yourself in the situation your parents were in, you realize, hey, my parents aren't dumb. They're actually smart. And you start to change. I remember when I made that observation after I had my first child, I went, hey, my dad's not dumb. He's actually really smart and started to uh, really start to quote my dad and to, to mm-hmm. think about my upbringing as as a child and speaking of fathers brother i have we have forgot to mention that you lost your dad last this last week brother so sorry i know your dad was a great man a cowboy a great yeah. example and all that stuff and so just we want to honor him and of course you know we feel bad for you god i i know that god has comforts you and all that but you know god bless you brother Thanks, brother. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's been tough. Um, the, the biggest thing there is you remember all the good things, and you and you reflect on the things the the that stuck with you. And and I was amazed. I did a little write up on Facebook on it as well. Is is how intentional he was about being available for my sporting events, for scouting events, for hunting and fishing, all those things I grew up with. I may not do as much of them now, but I remember how did he do that. But as busy as the world gets and as busy as you are with work, and I, he had worked like crazy hours, and yet he was still there. And it reminds me of you in, in that way as well, about being intentional about these are things that are set in stone. We're doing this because it's about my family. My, there, And, of course, those simple lessons, like giving your word and keeping it, right, about respecting every person. They have value. That was, that was great about that, about when you start something, you got to finish it. I know that I, those, those are things I'm still working on, right? But it's things that you that he modeled it, and he didn't just say it. He, he did it every day. So my dad was far from perfect, like any dad, far from perfect. He had his flaws. Um, and I'm grateful that I got to see him twice in the last year, you know, which and we get so hubbub and busy that, that I actually got to spend time with him. And yeah, not doesn't live close by. He's No. It was a, a trip you had to take. And, yeah, yeah, I almost got to see him, but we got turned around. Yep. <laughs> that you was, know, so. Uh, I, I hate regrets, but I, but, uh, I, I am, you know, I'm grateful for having a father um, that lived 79, you know, at that point, and that was invested. I knew he loved me. So that's good. Thank you, brother. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, I was actually talking to a friend of mine the other day, and we were talking about time management, and um, we were talking about uh, the importance of it. And this person is also running for office. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what it all starts with? It starts with your values. What 
do you value? I said, for me, God is first. I have God in my schedule every day. I do not go one day without prayer and reading my Bible, brother. He's a priority. I don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. I do it. Right. Next is my family. Have I intentionally spent time with my kids? Now, a lot of my kids are adults, grown up. Mm -hmm. They have lives of their own, married, whatever. But do I text them? Do I call them? Do we have, you know, we have birthdays, we have family events and things like that. My wife, making sure that I have time with her. I took her to see Top Gun Maverick. I love that movie. We enjoyed that. (laughs) She said I loved it because it was, it was a lot of action, but it was had a happy ending. And I'm like, okay, hopefully not. Nobody's getting spoiled on that. But uh, I said, isn't it important to have happy endings? You know, Mm -hmm. uh, these movies. A lot of times you see these movies on um, the big A Bezos company, and they don't have happy endings. They end poorly, and you're Mm -hmm. like. I feel like it's a, I just wasted two hours. Uh, if I wanted tragedy, I could just read the newspaper, right? I don't need a movie to tell me that things are messed we up or whatever. We went through a rash of movies that were all dystopian. It's yeah. dark, ugly future, right? So it's nice to see pro-America, fun, relationship movie. Like you said, it was fun. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so I, it's on our top 10. I told, I told my son, uh, <laughs> I told my son, hey, uh, if you want to go see it, I'll go see it again. You know, there's not a lot of movies I want to go see twice, but I go see that one again. I, yeah. I just thought it was an amazing movie. But look, brother, um, you start with your values. So you, my wife is a value, but you know what? This America's a value too. And so I'm running for office. I'm helping other candidates. I'm making financial investments in election integrity. I'm in lawsuits to demand that that we, you know, we should not have to trust our election system. We should know our election system is verifiable. It's true. It's free. It's fair. It's not filled with fraud. These are values. You mm-hmm. take those values, you write those things down. I'd encourage all of our listeners do that today. Make a list. What are your top values? Then, brother, it's easy to make a schedule. It's easy to set goals based on what you think is truly valuable. And I, I submit to you that if your kids are not truly valuable, you're not prioritizing them and putting them in. I love how you always tell, I was talking to my daughter. I was spending time with my daughter. That obviously is a value to you or you wouldn't take the time. Frankly, sometimes it's easy, especially when the kids are in that kind of that weird mode Mm -hmm. between child and adult to like, I don't even want to be around them because they're annoying. No. That's when we need to be there the most. We need to let them know it's okay. I questioned things when I was your age. I looked at things, you know, from different angles. You want to verify, but if what we've given them is the truth, if we've given them the gospel, if we've given them the true, the the law of life, right? Mm-hmm. Then it's gonna, it will hold. The foundation will hold. A hundred percent. I just want to touch on one more thing you said about your daughter talking like a conservative or like a, a Republican and how uh, our parents weren't dumb. They actually had, were smart because, you know, when we got to their age, they go, wow, they actually knew some things. I always joke about that. 18, I knew everything. At 30, I knew nothing and realized I knew nothing. 
Um, but that's it. When you have something else, it's, I love how God used my first child and all of my children, but the, the very first one to take the eyes off of me and put them on somebody else in the world that were literally, they mattered more. You know, I think that's a huge, when your parents, it's a gift from God. When you go, oh, it's my role now to train them up, to raise them up, to provide and protect for them. That That's more important than my own desires. It's a part of getting your eyes off of your own issues onto your children and then trusting God for it, right? So it's really about letting go, right? Being, okay, I've got an assignment here. And now, God, I need your assignment, your help to be a blessing to these children and leave a legacy. And there's all kinds of promises for our children and for us in that role, our primary role of raising families, you know? So I just, it's so powerful. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, again, it's getting noisy around here. Uh, Apparently the uh, sessions have let out. I'm in Wenatchee at the uh, Washington State Republican Party Action Conference. And uh, Marty, I just, you know, as we're talking about it, I'm looking around at all these people around me here and these people have made an investment for the most part, to be here. They're from all over the state. I'm seeing people here from Spokane, Tri-Cities, uh, Prosser, Seattle, Vancouver, all over the state, Longview. They're, they've all come here to say, this is important. This election matters. This not only, not only Marty, the general election in November, but this primary election coming mm-hmm. up August 2nd, we need to show up. We need to vote and we need to vote in such numbers that no amount of cheating can defeat it. And so it's time to lose our cynicism, to get our faith out, to get our our, uh, uh, positive attitude out and to believe that God wants to win this battle, that Mm -hmm. we that our kids are worth fighting for. Again, this values thing that our nation is worth fighting for. They're trying to. To, to judge America by its worst elements, how would you, brother, like to be judged by your worst day, by the worst that, you know, or would we like to have the general evidence of the entire history of the United States of America, right. like f- freeing Europe and Asia from tyranny and then asking nothing in return, right? Mm-hmm. How about that? How about fighting a civil war? and losing hundreds of thousands of Americans to free the slaves. Okay. Uh-huh. Did we forget that we did that? Yes. How about uh, all the, the, every disaster, every national, international disaster, who shows up with money, with food, with medicine, with water, with volunteers? It's the United States of America. And did we, have we done some bad things? Yes. Have we messed up? Yes. Perfection is not possible, but it's still the goal. And I've never seen any nation in the history of the world. And I love history, brother. You know that Mm -hmm. about me, Mm -hmm. that always did its best to right its own wrongs. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's some, that's something to be said about that brother, a country that writes its own wrongs and goes after and makes restitution and makes up for that kind of stuff, man, I'm proud to be American, man. It's it's good to be here, brother, and see people that are willing to spend money, their time, give up their 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 weekend to come mm-hmm. down here and to hang out, and uh, so it's exciting, brother. 
Time, talent, and treasure. And to your point, the you can look at history and you look at the fact that no other nation in the history of man has left more people worldwide out of poverty through the capitalistic system, through the charitable giving, through the missions sent out through prosperity here. This whole American dream is why you have over 2 million illegal aliens coming across the southern border this year alone. When you think about the millions and millions, the actual a million legal um, aliens coming across that go through the process of becoming citizens every single year. It's very generous, the most generous in the world. This is because we have a system in place and the underpinning values that value all people that want to give hope, want to give advantage. And to your point, most places in the world, now they've gotten better over time with democracy and what, and America's leadership, but where else could you go with nothing start from scratch and within a generation be a millionaire. You know, and we saw that in 2016, 80% of all new millionaires were first generation immigrants. People that came here from other countries um, that started off, you know, but there's opportunity here in the system. If you work hard, you have a few breaks and you know a few people, um, you can really do things. And that's still uh, in spite of the regulations and the the bureaucracies taking over and the corporations that partnering with them and all, all the stuff we talk about on, on a weekly basis, the ills of the world, in spite of that, the foundation, God's grace, and the system and, and the American people, there is still huge opportunity here. And that's what we're trying to protect. We're trying to protect um, the, that opportunity for our kids and grandkids and great-grandkids for the perpetuity for the rest of uh, eternity until Jesus comes back, you know? It's yeah, really, it's, yeah, it says so much about our economy mm-hmm. uh, and the way it's set up that we're so resilient in the face of literal uh, trying, to, you know, Jay Inslee, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, these people trying to dismantle us, trying to take us down, destroy the middle class because of their leftist uh, green agenda ideology stuff. and And yet here we are. And we're still moving and people still have that ability. But if we don't make a stand, we will lose it all. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I just, I'm with you, man. I don't want to see that happen. Um, I'm so going to, I'm going to fight with the last breath, brother. Amen. So I don't I want to bring the show down. There were two stories that we didn't cover. I just want to say, what do you think if you saw them? First of all, there was an article by um, Epic times or epoch times uh, where William Barr, the former attorney general under Trump, um, um, basically says that the judicial system is rigged against Republicans. And he gave the example of the uh, faked up dossier and the whole uh, court system and uh, Sussman from the, the trial getting acquitted for lying to the, uh, the FBI. And then there's uh, a... Um, Newsmax, Eric Bowling interview with Steve Forbes talking about unless we fix this, JP Morgan Chase was talking about the inflation, that there's like this financial hurricane coming. So those are all in some ways um, would threaten to make it cause fear. But these are all political decisions that have a result from them that can be changed and reversed by changing the elections this 22, 2022. What you think? Yeah, this, this is a disaster that can be averted. Uh, we need to do it at the federal level. Mm-hmm. We need to do it at the state level. Uh, all these elections matter. Uh, we've got to make sure that we do not back off. We have to hold accountable. So, you know, one of the things that's just frustrating is all the Republicans 
that are going along with the screen agenda that are going along with this thing. Uh, these people need to be called out. They need to be let, they need to be taken out. And a lot of these people are being primaried and they're being taken out. Uh, so uh, just calling yourself something, you know, I, I used to hear Keith Green saying, going, going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger. Okay. <laughs> so uh, you can go to the Republican things, but are you really, uh, a conservative? Are you a Christian conservative or whatever? And um, I'm telling you, this is, you know, if, if we study our history, we've faced this before and mm -hmm. we've overcome and mm -hmm. we can do it again, but it does require action. Now, um, Elon Musk and mm -hmm. Joe Biden are in a big, a big, uh, you know, fight and uh, good for Elon. I don't think Elon is a conservative Republican, is he? No, he said he's going to vote for Republican the first time in his whole life. So he's not a Republican. He's always voted Democrat. He calls himself more of a libertarian, but no, he's not a conservative and not a Republican, but he's being forced by the baddest policy decisions of the left to become a Republican brother. I'm telling you. <laughs> and, and that, isn't that what they said? Uh, I think it Winston Churchill said, if you're not a liberal, when you're young, you have no heart. And if you're not a conservative, when you're old, you have no brain. Exactly right. Yeah, because you can't be a liberal without some kind of money. Somebody's mm -hmm. got to somewhere is going to have to have a job and and create some kind of wealth in order for liberal things to work. And so, you know, and I'm thankful that we have safety nets and things like that, but we've gone too far. Mm -hmm. And the pendulum's gone way too far to the left. Way yep. too far. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's coming back. And I do believe that we are going to see not only uh, a um, a restoration of America, the American dream and the, the America that we grew up in. But I think we're going to see a revival brother. I think there's a hunger for God. There's a hunger for truth, mm -hmm. especially among young people right now. They're, they're saying, no, it's not anything goes. I'm just a, a massive, I mean, abort me now as suicides at an all time high right now among young people, brother, people yeah. with their whole life ahead of them. And they're being fed this propaganda. And so we need to read our Bibles. And we need to preach, preach from our pulpits. And it's not just a positive message. This is not that positive. Okay. It's like heaven and hell stuff. Uh, it could be positive. It could be good. But even being a Christian brother requires us to take something up every day. That doesn't seem that great. It's called a cross brother mm -hmm. to take up your cross and follow him. Are we willing to, lay down our lives for our friends are we willing to sacrifice and give that message is not the contemporary gospel message brother the contemporary gospel message is come to jesus he'll make everything great for you right sometimes it's not that great sometimes you got to get your hands dirty sometimes you got to get cold and wet uh -huh. sometimes you're gonna have to get up and say things and people are going to line up to, to say they don't like you, right? They're going to persecute you. Yeah, there's a problem. Yeah. There's a promise. Yeah, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be hated because of that. Yes. Um, so so it's time for a different kind of Christian. The American Christian that took the axe and the ox and built the West, brother. And, I love it. I you know, it. that that kind of Christian, the one that, that took uh, that left the farm that left the shop and went and fought uh, on the beaches of Normandy, brother, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. To defend it. 
Uh, that's the kind of person that it's going to take. And there are millions and millions and millions of us, brother. We just are waiting to be inspired. We're waiting to be told, go. <laughs> you right. know? We're our right. feet are in the stocks. We're ready. We're poised. It's time to go. And I'll go. say this, just to reiterate, as we get near the end of the show, the elections are won in the primary. So turn out. This is where they're won. The numbers bear out what, how you do in the primary is typically how you do in the general. Get out there and vote. Let's overwhelm the system right now yeah, by voting in conservatives and Christians and Republicans all in the same in the primary. Right, Doug? Yeah. And um, I'm, a, I'm encouraged, brother. I'm encouraged. And when we see uh, guys like Elon Musk making these switches and, and things like that. God is raising up champions. He's raising up millionaires, billionaires. There's a lot of people that listen to the show. You've got resources and God didn't give you those resources. So you could have a nice retirement. Cause guess what? If America goes down, you ain't going to have nothing and you're not going to like it. They say, you're going to have nothing and like it. <laughs> no, you're not going to oh. like it. You're not going <laughs> to have the retirement. You're not going to have all that. So it's time to like put your money, where your heart is put your money where you, that's what jesus said where your treasure is that's where your heart is that's right and so is it all about me and my selfishness or is it all about my family america my neighborhood my schools come on i know it's good hey don't forget you can connect with us at doug and marty.com and also you can um, listen to past broadcasts you can share this one you can share it, right, brother? Yeah, you can. That's right. <laughs> well, this is Doug Bassler. <laughs> and Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. Take care. God bless. <laughs>